Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Hey y'all, this week's episode is with Luke T. Harrington. Luke is the author of the hilariously educational book, Murder Bears, Moonshine, and Mayhem, where he unpacks some of the most hilariously weird stories of the Old Testament. And today, we're deep diving into some of the funnier, weirder stories that the Bible has to offer. Luke, hey, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so I have to tell some backstory here. We talked a little bit before we started recording. Your publicist reached out to me about having you on the show, and she sent me pretty much just, if I remember correctly, it was just the title of your book, (laughs) and which I'm going to read in just a second. But she, I think there was like a little snippet of what the book was about. And with very little content and no context, I was like, yes, book it. Because the title of your book is Murder Bears, Moonshine, and Mayhem, Strange Stories from the Bible to Leave You Amused, Bemused, and Hopefully Informed. Yes. It's amazing. (laughs) And I've read the book. I got to actually like read an advanced reader copy so I can tell you that it's the best. Because (laughs) if you actually read your Bible, it's so weird. Why is the Bible so weird? Why is there so much weird stuff? So welcome to the show. Welcome to the world of Crappy Christian with your world of murder bears and moonshine. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that title is effective because we went around and around on that title. There is a long... I bet. Long history behind that title. I it's, bet. It's full of full of many disagreements and compromises and <laughs> I bet. I like I bet you had to go to war for that title to like <laughs> make it through. Tell us a little bit just about yourself and and what you do. Yeah, well, I consider myself just a writer, I guess. I write whatever I feel like writing slash whatever people will pay me to write. Um, Amen. <laughs> I have one novel out there in the ether. Uh, it's called Ophelia Alive, a ghost story. It's kind of a pretentious literary horror novel, which is why nobody bought it. Um, <laughs> it won some awards, but nobody bought it. This is, uh, Murder Bears is going to be my debut to nonfiction. Um, my debut as a long form humorist, I guess. Which you um, are. Like, you yeah. are so funny. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like it sounds like I'm overselling it. First of all, I don't often get to interview people and have already read their books. But there would be times where I would be, like, laying in bed next to my husband reading it and would laugh out loud. And he'd be like, what do you keep laughing at? And I'd, like, would t- <laughs> like try to give him context to the story that you were telling. And he'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> like that's, are you sure that's in the Bible? <laughs> 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's going to be my nonfiction debut, my debut with a, a big five publisher. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I do a podcast as well. We were talking before we started the show. It's called Changed My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. Um, and it's, uh, it's an interview show where I interview people who have changed their minds about something big. So yeah, those are kind of the, yeah, that's kind of what I do. I love it. And we're going to, I want to talk about like your podcast and things that people have changed their mind about, but first I want to talk about the book. I need to know where the book came from. Like, where (laughs) did you get this idea? Like, were you like reading your Bible and we're like, this is just, this is too weird. This has to be (laughs) like, where did this book come from? Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a, a whole lot, like this book has been fomenting in my brain my whole life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a PK of sorts. Um, my dad was a, a Christian minister. Not He didn't pastor a church. He was more, more of an evangelist. Um, I say was. He still is. He's still around. And he had kind of a, I, I guess, a, a dark and or quirky sense of humor. So um, his thing was he, he loved to read the weird stories from the Bible to us and make us raise our eyebrows. And um, I also, I, the pastor of the church I grew up going to, he had, a, he had kind of a weird, dark sense of humor as well. So he didn't really shy away from that stuff either. Um, so a lot of this stuff in the book is stuff I've kind of known forever. And to be honest, a lot of it I, I took for granted as um, common knowledge. Um, like, yeah, that stuff's in the Bible, obviously. Like, we've all read the Bible, right? Um, and then when I started uh, writing about it, this, the response was overwhelming. Like, there are so many people that, like, don't know what the Bible really is, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, originally um, it started as a, as an article I wrote for the website crack.com, which I don't know if you or listeners are familiar with cracked. They're pretty great or they were, they kind of, they, they got bought out and their editorial Mm. staff got fired a few years ago. So they're not, they're kind of a shell of their former selves. Um, but there was a there was a window of time in the like the late 2000s, early 2010s, 20 teens when they were basically the best site on the web. Um, yeah. Like they, they were, but numbers wise, they were the most popular humor site on the web. And their shtick was they would they would run like fact based articles, like fact based listicles that were really really funny. You know, yeah. so it was like world's blankiest blank that you won't believe are blank, you know, just yeah. like cr- the crazy factoids, very well researched, very well written and very funny. And I wanted to write for them, you know, yeah. so I was working on some pitches for them. And it's, I found it like hard to come up with pitches. I won't lie. They were looking for something very specific. If you really want to know the genesis of this idea, it was like, I was standing in line waiting for a communion at church and it just popped into my head and I was like, oh, that's huh. not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so you can spiritualize that if you want, like it was an idea <laughs> from the Lord or whatever. I don't know. Take, draw your own conclusions. So I pitched it to them. We went through round after round of, of pitching and repitching because they were really skeptical of it for some reason. I don't know. Um, but when I finally got it written and they, they finally published it, it just kind of blew up the internet for a couple of days. Like it was just, the response was just completely overwhelming. Someone sent me like a, a photo of a print newspaper in Australia that was like, hey, look at this article, it cracked. <laughs> it's like, that okay, is so, so cool. That's like bar- the original going viral. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much was. And it, you know, I don't think, I, I didn't expect that kind of response. And I, I don't think, I don't know if crack did, but um, yeah, it was, it was a the weird feeling of being famous for like two days, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what ended up happening was I, I got contacted by a book packager. Now for listeners who don't know, a book packager is like everything but a publisher, basically. Like they're, they're a, 
an organization that like they come up with ideas for books, they hire writers to write them, and then they act as agent and sell it to a publisher. It's basically oh. the gist of it. So yeah, they were like, we've been looking for someone to write this book. So the title they had, since we were talking about the title, they were, they've said, we've been looking for someone to write this book we have in mind called Holy Shit, The Dirtiest Bits in the Bible. Um, (laughs) so yeah. And, you know, and, and they said, we saw your article in cracked. We think you'd be perfect for this. And I said, you know, yeah, I want to sign a contract to write a book, you know, Uh I was like, I was like very much starting out in my writing career at the time. So it was like, you sign anything they throw at you. So, you know, I, I signed with them, wrote a book proposal. I was signed with them for about three years. They never managed to sell the book. We had like a nibble from Penguin Publishers. It didn't, it didn't work out. So at that point, you know, I had published a novel and I was like, whatever, I'll just be a novelist. You know, <laughs> this book isn't yeah. going to happen. Um, and then out of, out of nowhere, I was contacted by a Christian publisher called Lexum Press. And they're primarily a, um, like an academic publisher. So I don't know why they were interested in this book, but they were like, are you still writing that holy shit book? And I was like... Yes, Yep. <laughs> I guess. If you want to publish it, sure. Yeah, I signed with them. I guess they were looking to break into the popular popular nonfiction market. I don't know. But that was really good for the book, I think, because they were much more open to me going in depth with the passages mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, citing scholarly sources and that sort of thing, which, you know, that um, the book packager wouldn't have been or, or weren't, I should say. And I was signed to them for a year and a half and I wrote the whole book and we got to basically the end of the process. It was in copy editing. We were talking cover design and they were like, yeah, we're not, not actually publishing your book. What? <laughs> and I oh guess gosh. I, yeah. This so they is dropped- such a good glimpse for people into what the publishing world looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it really kidding. is like this hard. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So <laughs> um, that wasn't great. That was, you know, I was, I was in a very low place at that point in my life. I guess what happened was they had an exec who didn't know about the book and found out about it and lost his mind. It was like, this isn't the kind of thing we publish, whatever, oh. you know, which I don't know. Lexum, they're, they're a subsidiary of Faith Life, which is the company that puts out the Logos Bible software. Mm-hmm. If you, if people know that, it's like fancy Bible software. So it's like, there's nothing in this book you guys haven't published. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Already. But I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it did, didn't work out. Yeah, I had a, a, a relatively successful writer friend, uh, shout out to KB Hoyle, if she's listening, who pointed me toward a Twitter event called Faith Pitch, um, which I don't know if anyone's heard of that. It's an event on Twitter where basically authors tweet out like a one sentence summary of their book and then authors and agents come to you if they're interested. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool if it works. And for me, it works. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I predict like, it's a one, you know, it's one day I, I tweeted out a few tweets about the book. And by the end of the day, I had been contacted by Beth Adams of HarperCollins Christian Publishing. And I sent her the book proposal and she wrote me back immediately and said, I laughed on every page and I am super impressed with how 
thoroughly researched and reverent of scripture this is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, those were the three things I was looking to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I know you're going to treat this book right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, by the end of the the summer, which that was summer of 2019, I had signed with um, Harper Collins. Harper freaking Collins. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no big deal. (laughs) Totally chill. Like, actually, fun. Yeah, actually, funny story. When they sent me the off, the official offer of publication, I immediately texted my mom. I was like, "Guess who got ex- just who just got his book accepted by Harper freaking Collins?" Those were my exact words. High five! Yeah. yeah. And then since that day, my mom has never not called them Harper freaking Collins. Because like- <laughs> they're Harper freaking Collins. Like you have to. It's true. That's it's a- true. And I loved seeing. I think that that was part of it for me. First of all, that is such a good glimpse into the publishing process. I am still in the like very baby, like literary agent pitching part sure. of it, and it's the yeah. it's the worst. It's yeah. great, but it's the worst. And I still don't have an agent for whatever it's worth. Right. I've, and yeah. like there are people who go through the whole process without an agent, or there are people yeah. who never get past the front door with an agent. Right. It's just right. it's a crapshoot, no matter what. Yeah. But that first of all, it's such a great glimpse into that. But then I also going back to what you were saying in the beginning that you thought you cut when you started putting it together that you just assumed this was all common knowledge because like we've all yeah. read the Bible. Right. Right. I, I was telling you before we started recording and people who listen know, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. Mm. I grew up with my parents are incredible and they raised us not like in a shoving religion down our throat way to like <laughs> love God. Mm-hmm. I didn't know 90% of this really reading the book. No, yeah. because I guess if you're learning the Bible from your parents and they don't have a quirky, dark sense of humor, <laughs> they like skip over these parts, yeah, like yeah. the weird, you know, murder bears. Um, <laughs> and so I love that it was, you thought it was common knowledge. You put this listicle article out, it blows up. And then what a journey getting it to publishing with Harper freaking Collins. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's such a cool story. And I think I do remember crack. I think I do remember when you started describing it as like the well-researched listicles Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I do think I remember that. And those, the things that you just said about the book, having read it really are so true because that was my one concern. I'm here for some irreverence. Like I am here for some like borderline sacrilege, but (laughs) I was worried that it was going to be that. And it's not, it's not making fun of the Bible. It's not, you know, making fun of its characters or, or it's even, you know, inherent holiness. It's just looking at it and going, guys, this is weird. (laughs) Read the, if you actually read the stories and then do, you know, understand some of the Greek and read some scholarly articles, you're like, oh shoot. What? (laughs) Like, I wish you could see the face that both of us are making. Like, what? (laughs) And, And so the one that stuck with me the most, and I want to talk about just a few of them because I want people to get the book, but the one that stuck with me the most that I think I've like told people in conversation about was the like golden hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one like, told, cause that's such a weird thing for God to do. <laughs> the, wh- what was it like? They stole, didn't they steal the ark? Yeah. So yeah. For listeners who don't know the story exactly. Um, this is from the book of first Samuel. Israel is at war with the Philistines, which they like always are in first Samuel mm-hmm. and they're losing. And they say, let's bring the ark to the battle. Um, Cause you know, if 
the arc is here. Maybe we'll start winning, whatever. <laughs> and they lose even harder and the Philistines take the ark. But apparently God's not happy that they took the ark. So he goes off after him in several ways. Um, he smashes the idol of their God, but he also afflicts them with hemorrhoids. And, you know, I talk about in the book that it's not entirely clear that it's hemorrhoids, but there are some very important translations of the Bible that render it hemorrhoids, including the, um, the Vulgate, which is St. Jerome's Latin translation. And anyway, so they, they want to get rid of their hemorrhoids, so they end up sending the Ark back to Israel, but not before they put five golden statues of hemorrhoids inside it, which I don't even know what a golden hemorrhoid would look like. I, I don't no want, I don't even want to like go there <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> but I, I, I think the lesson there is that like all of us, God appreciates a good butt joke, you know? Uh, I mean, amen. <laughs> I so. And you do this whole like really great monologue about like, he wouldn't have given us butts if not to make butt jokes. Right. right? Like a hundred percent. Listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now, a message from a network supporter. So, I know it's got to probably be so hard to narrow it down, but do you have a favorite or like a couple of favorites from the book stories? Oh gosh, you told me this was coming and I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> like I totally didn't prep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely the murder bears, um, yes. which is you know, part of the reason that made it into the title. But um, uh, that's uh, Elisha, the prophet, some kids, teen boys, most likely are making fun of him. And his response is to just utter a quick curse and immediately two bears come out of the woods and kill 40 of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> so like, the murder bears for sure. One of the ones I keep thinking about lately is just the story of Jonah, which it's one of those stories like everybody knows, but I put it in the book partly because like everybody misses the point of it, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like the, there's the the whole fourth chapter, you know, so often just gets completely cut out in like children's retellings and stuff. And it's like, that's right. the heart and soul of the book. And so I, I tried to correct that <laughs> by putting putting Jonah in the book. Certainly Noah, Noah and his, his moonshine, um, yes. which is why that's in the title as well, I guess. After the, after the flood, after the ark lands, Noah immediately um, gets started on making some bathtub wine and gets drunk and falls asleep naked, which, you know, I mean, he just witnessed the apocalypse. So, you know, it's hard to blame him. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No. And there is, it's a book. It's a whole book of stories like this that exactly what you said, the the children's version, even I think for a lot of people, the, from the pulpit version, like doesn't (laughs) that Jonah Ford, like that fourth chapter doesn't make it, you know? And I think it gives scripture to me. I feel like it impacted me and that it gives scripture even more depth. Yeah. That it's absolutely. not this like picture perfect, everybody had it all together. Like people were getting drunk off of like bathtub wine. <laughs> like let's maybe all take a deep breath about how in our own heads we are. Yeah. And like recognize that God's gra- if God's grace is covering all these weirdos, like we're good too. <laughs> well, and that's one of my beefs with certain people who, you know, might've grown up in the faith and then wandered away from it. It's like, 
they'll be like, well, the Bible is just a book of like children's stories, fairy stories. And it's like, no, not if you Mm-mm. actually read it. No, it is <laughs> You only think violent. that because you've only heard the Sunday school versions exactly. of these stories. Like this is a, this is a dark, gritty book with it a is. lot of crazy stuff in it. Yeah. It's, it is it's, violent. It's got weird sex stuff. It's got weird, like drunk stuff. It's got a couple of apocalypses in there. Like it is an interesting weird dark and twisty book like if that you is like also beautiful <laughs> if you like game of thrones you'll love the bible right exactly <laughs> exactly that's so on point it's so true it, i feel like it's maybe more violent than game of thrones which is saying in something. places yeah yeah and that, that's saying something <laughs> Fewer dragons, but more violence. So fewer dragons, more violence. <laughs> Maybe about the same number of dragons. I don't know. Maybe you, like equal number of like magical <laughs> kind of situations going on. <laughs> and people that listen to the show know that when I get to interview somebody that I've read their book, I spend most of the interview just like, it's so good. Like you need to read this book. But really, I laughed out loud. I learned so much. It's so you are you I feel like you are downplaying what a good writer you are and you're a very gifted writer so it's just really well done and I can't I when I read it pre-orders hadn't started yet Mm. and I remember being like I want to tell people about this book right now but it'd be like (laughs) a total waste of my time so I'm really excited for people to be able to hear this conversation and and get the book because like I said it's hilarious and informative and if 2020 needs nothing else it's to laugh and to learn So I want to talk about your podcast, honestly, because I'm personally intrigued by it. So Changed My Mind, you had people come on and conversationally talk about big things that they've changed their minds about. Yeah. And um, it's one of those nothing's off limits kind of shows. Mm -hmm. We talk about whatever, you know, we do some, some episodes about politics, some about religion. We've done some about pop culture, some about uh, history, some about punctuation, you know, like, yeah. it's whatever strikes my fancy, you know, yeah. slash whoever I can actually get to come on the show. Um, yeah. cause getting guests is not always, uh, the easiest thing in the world. I really thought, I really thought COVID quarantine would make it easier to get guests cause everybody would be home, but no, my, <laughs> I immediately had people canceling on me. I don't know. Well, I had to cancel a lot because all of a sudden my kids were home. Yeah. And that really changes the podcast situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a very morning person. Like I get up super early to write every day. And then, you know, like during the school year, I try to record my podcast like late morning. Um, yeah. And then suddenly my kids were home and it was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to stay up and record. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure like the last half dozen episodes, I'm like, <gasps> the whole time, you know, because yeah. I just like, I'm as soon as the sun goes down, I'm useless. Um, oh, wait. Okay. I'm the same. I am morning person all day. This yeah. is about as late as I schedule interviews because I'm like, I can feel my energy draining. Not now, but normally I'm like, Nine o'clock is legit my bedtime. My friends know not to text me after nine. I'd love to just hear what some of the things, even just recently, that you've had people come on and talk about. Yeah. So let's see. The last last episode that I recorded, I, I, I talked to a guy named Justin Camp. Uh, my PR agent hooked me up with. He used to be like a venture capitalist for Silicon Valley companies. And then he, he walked away from that to start a Christian ministry. So that was kind of huh. an interesting conversation. Show Episode before that, I talked to a friend who used to be Presbyterian and went Catholic. Well, um, that's so. a different 
Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, some of the other ones I've, I've had, I, I talked to Benita Serino, who's mildly famous. So mm-hmm. I feel cool having talked to him. Um, he's primarily a comics, comics author. He used to write for the tech occasionally. Yeah. I got him on my show. So I just, that's I awesome. Special. Yeah. And I talked to him about how he used to hate Santa Claus and now he's like obsessed with him. Um, yeah. So that was a really interesting conversation. I talked to um, Albany Rose, who some people might know. She's kind of an internet personality. She is a atheist pro-life activist. So talked to her about how she changed her mind about abortion. That was a really interesting conversation. Um, yeah. I've had all sorts That's of interesting awesome. conversations yeah. on the show. Yeah, it's really great because, you know, you it's it's an excuse to talk to other adults, which I don't get to do a lot because I'm a stay-at-home <laughs> parent. Yeah. Um, even before quarantine, I was. It's a really good excuse to like really go deep and try to understand why people believe the things they do and you know what it really means to uh, introspect or to you know to change your mind about something. So, well, and so in the last few months, as you know, everything has blown up. One of the things that I've found myself saying, both on Instagram and on my podcast, and just in conversation, is like literally normalize changing your mind. Yeah, Let, let's make that normal. Let's make like getting new information processing that information and changing your mind. Let's make that not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the reason I did it, you know, part of the reason I started doing it was because there was this general, like back when I started it in the summer of 2019, there was this general malaise of nobody ever changes their mind. If you present people with new information, they just dig in their heels. That was, that was the vibe I was picking up from like, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really interesting the last few months, what with, you know, COVID-19 happening and then George Floyd and, you know, just chaos out there. Mm-hmm. It suddenly it feels like everyone is changing their mind. The cultural landscape is uh, undergoing an earthquake right now, mm-hmm. you know? So in a lot of ways, the sh- the purpose of the show has changed as I've gone, yeah. which, which is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. And I think I agree. I think that more people are changing their mind. And then I think there are also so many people that I'm watching do exactly what you just said, which is dig in their heels and refuse to see yeah. like anything other than what they want to see. And so it is, it's just so interesting. And I mm-hmm. am, so I changed my mind a lot, like mm-hmm. not in a flighty way, but just... <laughs> I think my like I've just always been that way. Oh, I didn't have that information before. I didn't have that viewpoint, that perspective, statistic, whatever it is. I didn't have that before and now I have it. How does that impact what I think about this? Mm-hmm. It's called mm-hmm. critical thinking. It's called yeah. like it's called <laughs> like using your brain. Yeah. But more and more as I engage on the internet, I'm I feel like and there are definitely a lot of people that are capable of that, but there you like are talking to someone and you're telling them well, this is what the facts numbers say. And they're like, no, you're like, yeah, you can't just say no to like number. Like that's not how this works. So it is super interesting. And I think that's such a great concept for a podcast. I'm definitely going to, I'm going to look that up and listen because I love the concept of changing your mind. I think it's really important. And it's been, I mean, it's been interesting learning about, you know, where people get their beliefs and how hard it can be to change something that's at like, the core of your identity or whatever. Yeah. One of the things I keep running up against in the show is how communally defined beliefs are, you know, mm. and how 
hard it is to change your mind when you've surrounded yourselves yourself with people that think like the way chamber. you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some, you know, some of that can be good and some of that can be bad. Like, you know, be, communities being knit together, not inherently a bad thing. Right. Um, but it also, you know, it also leads to problems when beliefs run up against the facts, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's been a really interesting experiment. That's awesome. That's super cool. Well, I want you to tell people where they can like find and follow you, keep up with you, where they can listen to Changed My Mind. Murder Bears, Moonshine and Mayhem is out. So tell them where they can get a hold of that as well. All the things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, If you go to murderbearsbook.com, that's the landing page for the book. domain ever. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So that's murderbearsbook.com. You can read a sample of the book there. And I think probably by the time this is out, they'll have a sample of the audiobook as well. So from there, you can um, you find your way to the Amazon or any other bookstore and you can order the book right there. To check out the other things I do, of which there are many, you can just go to LukeTHarrington.com. You know, there's a, there'll be a link to, you know, my podcast on Apple Podcasts right there. Otherwise, just search for Change My Mind with Luke T. Harrington in Overcast or Stitcher or whatever podcast app you use. Awesome. Luke, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is such a fun conversation. I feel like I haven't laughed this much on the show in a hot minute. So I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Looking to kick old habits to the curb? Number one New York Times bestselling author Jen Sincero gets to the core of habit transformation in Badass Habits. Whether you need to break them, make them, understand them, or stick to them, Badass Habits shows you how in a simple 21-day guide. Featuring Jen's hilarious voice, Badass Habits offers a much-needed fresh take on conventional wisdom. Badass Habits, with audiobook read by the author, is now available wherever books and audiobooks are sold.